Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome back to Hobby of a Lifestyle. I hope you've enjoyed the break. I hope you've settled into the new year. I know I haven't. I can't wait to get back on with the podcast. I am joined this week by pro paragliding pilot Michael Siegel. So let's find out the whole story. Michael, welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Michael, do you just want to tell listeners, first of all, before we start, kind of what your passion is and, and what you're best known for in, in your world? Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm a paragliding pilot. Um, sometimes I work for a paragliding company, which means I, I do testing new gliders and stuff like that. And I'm probably well known um, for cross-country flying because I won two times the uh, cross-country contest and i'm a world champion wow. as well wow congratulations what what an achievement Thanks. what an achievement so michael if we go back to the very beginning then sort of you know where did you grow up and what what were you into as a kid yeah exactly so um i grew up exactly in the place i still live or live again it's a uh, kandersteg it's in switzerland it's a small small town in the middle of the mountains and my Para, my parents they had a paragliding school so i was almost forced to sp- to start paragliding wow, when i was 15 okay and wow i i liked it I, it's, I started to like it really a lot and uh i was practicing a lot and i, I became quite good and that yeah that's how it started <laughs> wow i mean that sounds mean you're talking about you you kind of your parents had a paragliding club and that it was kind of was almost forced upon you but you didn't start until you were 15 so what other things were you in as a child and before you kind of had to almost be came in love with this sport that you're so good at yeah um yeah the, the reason why i started so late is uh you were not allowed to yeah, so yeah. You, you are allowed to start with 15 and before i was doing what other kids do here i was skiing Skiing wintertime, a little bit of climbing, fishing, all all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as a as a child, being in and around that, I know you're saying like your parents had a paraglide club. Was there any part of you that ever wanted to rebel and just go, mom and dad, no, I am not doing paragliding? Not really, because uh, you know, when uh when I was really young, when I was in school or after school, or even before I went to school, I was there at the landing place and wow. Uh, and of course your dad is an idol and and all his friends and there were some really good pilots already there like world cup winners and um they, so they i was packing their glider and uh, yeah so for me it was always clear like when i when i will be older i want to do paragliding so that, yeah, there was yeah. no question with that <laughs> so can you rem- i mean obviously you've been in and around it so you, you kind of know the the inside out of paragliding, but what was it like when you finally get a chance at 15 year old to be able to actually have a go of it for real? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I did, I did, I did a lot of tandem with my, with my dad. Yeah. yeah. And um, still it's something completely different. If you're like on your own and you're, you're 15, you're quite young and it's, you're really a hundred percent, um, responsible for your own actions you know it's not like you cannot blame someone else it's your own you you're steering the glider if you fall down it's 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 your mistake yeah it's not really it's not really a sport that you can kind of 
practice and get wrong. I imagine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you can maybe go at smaller heights, but it's still, yeah. you know, if you crash it, it crashes, it crashes, you're still falling. Yeah. We, well, we have, we have, uh, we have rescue parachutes with us. Right. So okay. uh, that helps a lot for security, yeah, but yeah, still, certainly. yeah, it, it, it starts to hurt a lot when you. <laughs> when you yeah. Crash. I can imagine. I mean, can you remember the first tandem, the tandem time that you, you went up with your parents? Not at all. Not at Not all. You. Because, it was like this that um they had a paragliding school so when my mom was pregnant i think she was doing tandems uh no she was doing flights with me until like five six days before the before my birth wow and eight weeks after i mean i was there with her at takeoff you know she was uh, teaching the the other students and they had to get me out of the mountain so the easiest way, instead of carrying me down, my dad just clicked me in with this, you know, this. Wow, really? In English. I know, just flying down. So. Oh, wow. So you just grew flying, really? That is, uh, wow, yeah. that is absolutely fun. That, that's amazing to listen to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, were, were your friends at school doing the same sort of hobbies as you as well? Were they paragliding as well? Because, you know, if someone in my class, because obviously it's not really something that's very popular where, where I grew yeah. up, but if one of, the, one of the kids I grew up with, one of my friends had said, I'm going paragliding. I'd have been like, oh, yeah. wow, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. There were um, not so many when I was in school, but later on, like now I have, well, also in my town, there are quite a lot of uh, younger people who, who start paragliding. Some of them gave up again because, you know, there's so many things you can do here. You can go yeah, biking, yeah. climbing, uh, whatever. It's, it's so many things you can do here in the mountains. So it's, uh, yeah, tough to, to decide what you should do. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I mean, so at 15 years old, you've started paragliding as a solo. Yeah. Is there is there almost pressure on you from, not from your parents, but maybe on yourself and then maybe external people that are, are in, in and around the club that say, well, okay, your parents are so good and you've been around all these kind of world champions and whatnot. Now now it's your turn to kind of live up to that and was it ever something you aspired to do? Uh, not really. The, the, the good thing was I was, I was, I was very good from the big, uh, uh, I seemed to be, to be talented. So I, I was quite good. So in the club, I was so oh, very, very, very soon. I was, I was already as, as good as most of the club. And then there were just the very good ones that were still better. And, and sooner or later I catch them up as well. So it, there was not really a pressure from them. Then maybe later from myself, you know, when I was like competing so many years in world cup and I had some wins, but uh, I wanted to have a big title as well. So there, I pressured myself a lot with that as well. Yeah. So you talked about being good for, and I imagine you were very good from the offset and I can understand why when you've grown up around that. At what age then was it that you decided you wanted to start competing, you know, really testing your skills against people that were out there and in, in, in the best in the country, the best in Europe, best in the world? Yeah. Um, that, that was from the beginning. I mean, it was like, like because you know when I was very young and I was packing those gliders. He was also um, he was a World Cup winner. So from then on, it was clear like I want to become like he is. Yeah. So that was clear. And then it helped me. You know, I, I had a here in um, in Switzerland. We have a very good paragliding manufacturer at, at the time when I started, at least. And um, they had very good gliders. They had super good pilots. And one of them is, he's the best of all time. Like really like uh, Roger Federer, um, 
or Djokovic in tennis. He's the, wow. the one in paragliding. So there's no way around him. And he took care of me and the team wow. and uh, he gave me the gliders and helped me to progress and I could follow in his footsteps. So that, that helped wow. me really it's a lot. Quite, it's quite the mental going from having parents who are so invested in the sport and being very good at the have that you know the superstar of paragliding as a mentor that's that's phenomenal yeah yeah that that was so cool and it was still now when i have troubles or when i want to if i want to know something i still can call him uh, and ask him uh, yeah super cool i mean what's it like then having having that mentor that someone who believes in you because obviously you you, you talked about being determined and and really being passionate about becoming the best in the world from a very young age and wanting to compete. What's it like when you've got, you know, the pinnacle of the sport also telling you that actually I, I believe in you. I think you've got talent as well, not just your parents, but you know, the, the, mm. the person that everyone looks up to in your sport. Yeah. I think that that helps, but I think, you know, it yourself, you know, you know, you're what you're capable of and, and you know, what, what, in in paragliding, it's it's a lot about uh, knowledge, of course, uh, and to be uh, um, like in a in a good mindset. But also, you need so much luck. And it was like for me, it was like ah, I I know I can do it. If I have to got a good glider, good material, I'm in the good mood. I I sure I can do if I have some luck. And finally, that's exactly what came together, and that helped me at the time when I come, became the world champion. Yeah. You talk about there, the, and I'm smiling as you say it about just becoming a world champion. But at what age did you start winning titles where you thought, I can progress here? Uh, what was that? Mm, five years after I started, uh, after I started with um, paragliding, I became fourth at the European Championship. So from then already it was quite clear, like okay, yeah, there it was like going up like quite steep. So uh, wow. and that was quite okay, nice, and uh, and then three years later I won the first World Cup. Well, I mean, what's that like going from being fourth in Europe? Because let's be honest, that's still a, an amazing achievement, and knowing you're on the right trajectory, you're going in the right direction, and then three years later winning a World Cup. I mean, how do you even yeah. put it is It is quite tough to win a World Cup. It's not so easy. So yeah. for me, that was totally okay. I mean, there are so many good pilots, you know, that are super good that I consider even better than me and they never won it. Because you need that, you need that sort of luck as well to, to, to really win it. So I know so many that that have been like ten or fifteen times second or third, and they never won. So um, I was, yeah, I was okay to wait three years. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, right. you, you talk, you you kind of talk about it in a in a very humble humble way, but you almost downplay the fact that you've won a World Cup by acknowledging it's very hard to do. And you saying that there's people that are are better pilots than you out there who never won it. Yeah. Is that just you downplaying how good you really are? I'm not sure. I just know that there is really a lot of luck involved as well. I mean, if you if you win once, then there's a high chance that it's because of luck. Of course, you have to be a very good pilot. You have to have yeah. a good glider, a good material, of course. But it can be 
because of luck as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah as I've won two, three others, uh, it's less. Yeah, uh, definitely. But there's sure. No, I am a good pilot. That's for sure. Um, I mean, but titles speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's also you need luck. Yeah, so I mean, same I've been so many times now fourth, like just fourth all the time, and I'm like yeah. fuck, I was just like. Eh. Maybe one more. I would like trade like four fourth places to get like a third one or yeah, a yeah. second or a winning. Oh, uh, so. uh, yeah, I can totally appreciate that. Totally appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, you know, what What are your parents thinking and what's their reaction when all of a sudden their son, who's, who they've invested so much time in for being a child in, and again, not, not just because they, they run a paragliding school, but because you're their son they, they've obviously seen something in you as well what what what's your parents reaction when you come back being fourth in europe and then three years later you come back a world cup champion yeah they were they were quite happy i mean my father is he's um a big he's he's pushing me hard <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's usually he's not very happy so sometimes it can be annoying because you know when you're um for making an example, or we're like flying together somewhere in Colombia, and um, uh, it, it's hot and nice, and then you, you all of a sudden you make a mistake, you risk a little bit, uh, uh, you get catch a bad line, uh, you you have to land, and you don't get to goal, and all your chances to win the competition is over, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have to walk there in the heat, maybe one hour or so to get to the next uh, road where they pick you up, and then you already get uh, get a, a message like, well, Michael, why didn't you follow Stefan Wies? Now, he was with you, he was a little bit more on the left, and now he is in goal first. You should have followed him. Like, yeah, thank you. I, I saw him. <laughs> and there was a 50-50 call and uh, I, I choose right and that, yeah. yeah now I know it's it was a bad idea yeah yeah and I suppose but, you just uh, learn from these experiences yeah yeah <laughs> Exactly. I love that. I love that. And it and it's always worse, I think, to take criticism from a parent or from a loved one who's very close to you yeah. because you all you you know you're already knowing you don't you feel like I don't need to be told that as well. If it was from mm-hmm. anybody else, you'd probably accept it. But when, as soon as it comes from a loved one who where that it's hard to draw the line and say, well, actually yes. you're my coach and you're my father or you're a coach and yes. my mother. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. There's a lot of um, button head, shall we say. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. But, it, it, but at the same time, is it amazing having you, your dad as a coach as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, you. What is really cool is that he he follows every race. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like he is always there and um, at home, following the live tracking and, and, and watching. And like, ah, oh, yeah, today was good and uh, nicely. But is your glider really good? I felt like the others have a better glider. Like, yeah, maybe no bad luck or whatever. And so it, it's it's nice to see that he's yeah. uh, really passionate in following. And and how much does that actually play into it? You know the 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 kit that you use because I can imagine at, at the level that you're at, everybody has a phenomenal kit. And is it really very small differences that make the big differences? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that that's really. I mean, it's nowadays everybody, or let's say when you go to a World Cup, then probably the first 
there are like 130 pilots in it wow. and the first 40 there they they can win you know they they have the the possibility to win because they're so good and then yeah. it really comes down who who has like yeah, it's in a, in a good mood uh, and you know you have to have this drive and yeah, yeah, everything yeah. like a flow a little bit but over some days and that that's the important thing because the rest is is it's difficult the, the, the gliders are same more or less and it's just and luck yeah a little bit of luck <laughs> I, I I don't believe that it's all luck. I just <laughs> I just think it no, comes down no. to who's the best pilot on the day. I mean, the fact that you're yeah. saying there's 130 people start off in 40 of those people as a minimum could win that. Yeah. And then to win it, I, and you know, even if you look at the Olympic Games, people don't compete against 40 people, not never mind yes. 130 people. Yeah, I know yeah. they have to compete to get there, but once they're there, you know, they they, they certainly don't race against that many people or, or compete against that many people. So actually it's a phenomenal achievement looking at it from the outside, looking at it from the outside and not, not being a pro- yeah. within the, the paragliding world. Unreal. Yeah, thank you. No, no, honestly, it's, it's just the way I see it. You know, winning, winning that first World Cup, was that, was that a real kind of motivation and driving factor from you to pursue and then go, well, okay, I'm going to prove to people that this wasn't a one-off, maybe it's a, a lucky scenario. I'm going to prove this and show people actually I belong yeah. to be up there. Yeah, exactly. I think also for me, it was like really the, the, the thing where it was the first time I really had um, after a long time after um, I had a very good glider. Before that, I was struggling a little bit with the material. And, yeah. and there was the first time I, I knew I have I have good material and I, I finally had the, the, the skills to to bring everything together. And, and since then, it was always like this. If the, the material was good, uh, uh, and I was somehow in a good mood. I, I, I was able to to get some good results, like decent. I mean, podiums. Yeah. And it, for example, last year the glider was not very good. Uh, so I then it's difficult to go. You know, it's difficult to go to a competition where you know your material is uh, disadvantaging, disadvantaging you. So then uh, it's. It's tough when you when you go there and you know uh, you know everybody is good and they have slightly advantage in, in with the material so it's like you have barely no chance to to win it right wow so it, it's really interesting you saying that but why if you kind of you're winning it is it why is your material changed almost is my question because you've went from winning some, is it does it change kind of yearly is it people think something's better yeah it's actually it's um it's something um it, it's like with the in um it it, it is like with, with a formula one car so yeah, yeah. but the teams are much bigger you know yeah. so if you like if you are on a i i, I don't know if you're like on, on a on an alpha alfa romeo you you will never win and and um, if you if you have a Ferrari, maybe you win sometimes. And if you are, if you are on a Mercedes or if you are on a Red Bull, you probably win a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, it it was like this, and it's going a little bit up and down. You know, this year one 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 manufacturer is good, the next year the other one is a little better. Oh, okay. it, it's an up and down. And wow. um, I I stayed with this now for more than ten years because I'm working for them. So wow, yeah. Some years we have a good glider, some years the glider is not as good. And yeah. 
And how much input do you get then into your glider and the materials that's using the weight setup? Yeah, a lot because you um, I always work with them together to to make it better. And yeah, yeah. sometimes we can also fly prototypes in in the competitions. So like okay. in the World Cup, there's one special glider allowed, so we can really try this one and compare it to the others and see how it how, how it goes. Wow! So this is this is really important. And what's the the kind of training? that goes into becoming a world champion glider because I, 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 I understand the majority of the training has to be done gliding because that's what you do. But yes, I'm just thinking even from a focus point of view and from a, from a fitness point of view, because, you know, I imagine people would look at that and go, well, how much work, you know, it, just being very flippant about it and saying, well, actually the kind of the, the fly in the, 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 it might not look very hard, but I can imagine it's extremely hard when you, the way you've got to control it, but more mentally rather than physical. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like, it's like 80%, 90% it's mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And technique, you know, you have to know how to fly the glider fast when it's turbulent, when it's rough, you you don't want the glider to collapse because when you, when you, when your glider collapse, maybe, maybe you have to throw the reserve or you just lose a lot of, of height, which means you have to, um get again to the first ones yeah yeah so what is really um important to know is where all your other uh where all the other pilots are who's on which glider um who has a chance to win and then it's like a little bit a chess play you know you you have to know where are yeah. where you are when you when you can uh, attack when you have to be a little slower and all of that comes together so it's it's a little bit like a, a sail, sailing regatta. Yeah, yeah. Also, the you it's exactly the same. You have to go around the course and stuff like that, and you have to watch the others. So it's not you do not only have to go as fast as possible, but you have to go faster than the others. Yeah. And um, if if there is one that was never good and on the last task he is very far ahead, you don't have to follow him. You just have to have a look where what the others are doing. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, at what, at what kind of speeds do you reach when you're racing? Um, usually, it is <clears throat> it is um, forty kilometer an hour. That's okay. the, that's the trim speed, and we can speed up to 60, 65, 70 kilometer an hour. Wow! But the problem is, then you go down a lot, so yeah, you have yeah. a lot of sinking, and that's exactly you have to know how fast you should go that you arrive high enough at the next point to to climb again you know okay okay yeah that's i mean it sounds part. very very technical yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. That, and that must that, just be the best way to practice that is literally just to get out on a paraglider and just just practice yes yeah exactly that's it what you have to do and, and learn you know with different in different mountains different conditions different gliders different people and then you get better and better better wow that's phenomenal i mean yeah you're talking about that first World Cup win, and then you know I'm just I'm I'm just looking on at your wins here now. And if I go, you were let's have a look. Mm-hmm. So PWCA World Champion 2017, and then World X Contest winner 2018. So what's the difference between the PWCA and the World X Contest? Uh, PWC is um, this is real competition flying. That means. It's like the sailor regatta where you have to go around the course and um, that's it. So you have like 100, 
20 pilots all have the same goal, all racing yeah. at the same time. And the fastest is the winner. You yeah, know? Yeah. And the next thing, the X contest, that's um, that's a world online contest about cross-country flying. And there, the six best flights you do a year are counting. Counting. Wow. So it's no matter where you do. If I do it in Switzerland, big flights, or uh, for that too, I went to Brazil and we made every year. I'm, I think I made um, two five hundred flights. Wow, two five hundred kilometer flights. Wow, that's that's a lot of distance to cover. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really a lot. <laughs> how is that continuous without stopping as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, we take off usually. We take off at seven o'clock in the morning, right? And uh, we land right after sunset. Wow! I mean, so we, how do you? We, we, is this yeah. kind of special carriers for food and for drink and uh, yeah? Yeah. There's obviously special yeah, techniques where you can just use yeah, one you hand. Everything and... because you you are we are flying like ten to twelve hours, almost wow. twelve hours. No, like eleven for yeah, sure. Yeah. Eleven hours. And yeah, you need food. You need some, especially something to drink because you lose a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're sweating and everything, and yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. I mean, how how do you even go about eating food and drinking when you're flying a paraglider? Yeah, you have to choose the the quiet moments, you know, when it's not very turbulent, and you can let go st- uh, the brakes and right. the glider is flying straight. That's no problem. Okay. But you always, whenever you let go, and then then you lose some speed, and and you actually like to go as fast as possible because the faster you are, the the long the longer you will fly, finally fly. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's a little bit of trade off. So you just eat some cereal bars very fast, and then right. the camelback, and then just continue again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm 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 intrigued just as to how people eat and drink when they're flying. So you've answered that now because I I didn't I obviously don't run from the boat, so I didn't realize you kind of could just leave go of things and it would kind yeah. of remain as it is. It's yeah, it's very it's very interesting. So you know being the kind of season pro that you are and having the world titles and everything that you have, what's the next step for you? What's the next progression? What's your aims? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think I, um, I stepped or I, I changed a little bit the focus from where at the time when I was winning like stuff and um, I was just like going to every world cup because to maximize, for example, uh, the chance to, to win something. And now it changed more to getting more nice experiences out of it. So like going to the world cup in China or in Ecuador, just because it's, it's nice there and enjoy that. And that's, that's what I do now. It's not only going to uh, five, six world cups a year, but one or two and enjoy them much more and get some special experiences. That's, that's more the stuff I like to do now. Yeah, I mean, you talk about talk about the experiences and stuff, but you know, you you get paid to do the job you're good at and the job you love. Yeah. How? What was the feeling like when you realized you were a professional paraglider, and that was just that was how you earned a living? Yeah, professional is always a little bit of a problem. Um, it is. I mean, there are there are one, nah, maybe ten pilots that are able to live really from paragliding that are not working for a paragliding company so means only by sponsoring and doing uh, presentations and stuff like that they're able to live from that and 
I'm I'm able to do it. I have a normal job as well, which I okay. work a little bit. But um, because I work for this company and I do uh, paragliding tours, I guide. I, I do guiding. Um, yeah, I can do it, and that's nice yeah. somehow. But it's also frightening because you know it's like once you're like now I'm 34 when I'm 40 or 50 I don't want to do it anymore you know yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to test the gliders the dangerous gliders anymore yeah. and stuff like that then I would like to have a, like a more quiet job and <laughs> office job <laughs> but you can make the then, gliders that other people test <laughs> yes exactly until then I'm happy <laughs> oh no I mean it's phenomenal and you know let's do let's do two so what would one your one piece of advice be for a young glider or someone who maybe looks at that and goes wow that looks like an amazing sport what would your advice be for for that person who would like to get into that and, and follow in your footsteps and become a world cup champion a world champion yeah um i think the word the, the most important is really uh do step by step i see that um a lot of young pilots or very motivated pilots they they're changing glider class way too fast and they bring to themselves into danger because it's like from school glider until the competition glider, they are there's a huge, huge difference. So I see them in, in instead of <clears throat> getting better in doing good decisions, they rather change to a glider which has more performance, which helped them to get to become to, to get better results but it's only because the glider is better and not because they're doing better yeah yeah and there's always much higher risk that they hurt themselves and um they don't need necessarily to have a big accident where they break something or yeah. or some yeah something like this but just like a very bad feeling and it throws you back some years sometimes yeah, i had yeah. this as well when i was young and when I had, or when one of my best friends died with paragliding, oh, sorry, yeah. and uh, and that really threw thrown has thrown me back some years, and and still now when it's turbulent or something like this, they're like, well, I rather go land and feel yeah. safe and and do something else than 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 here racing in these super strong conditions. Yeah. So my advice is to to um, really work on yourself instead of trying to achieve good results by changing the material. That's good advice. It's good. I kind of feel like you've answered both questions there. What would your advice be to, to a young paraglider and just what would your life be? What would your advice be in general? Um, it, it's really good. Michael, thank you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle and sharing your journey. It's been an absolute pleasure, Lynn, and, and being able to share that. <laughs> You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh no, thank you. I can't wait to continue to watch, watch how you get on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. And I wish you a great evening. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.